Good evening and welcome to On Frame Radio, conversations about art in Saskatoon. This is your host Alejandro and you are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon or streaming live around the world on cfcr.ca. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or listen to past episodes on iTunes. Our host for tonight is Mindy Jan Miller, uh, an artist that was born in Ontario. That's true. And welcome to the to the program, Mindy. Oh, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. And uh, we want to talk about uh, who you are. How do you? Uh, what is your background? How do you come up uh, to become an artist? And you have a, a, a strong trajectory in the arts field. You are, uh, have been also a professor and a practicing artist and curator and organize, an organizer and also a community invested in the arts. So we want to talk about uh, some of those things and frame it into an upcoming exhibition that you organized and created with Jessica Morgun that is uh, open at the, at the AK. Arts Gallery, yeah. aka Arts yeah. Gallery, yes. So uh, you were born in Ontario uh, and you've uh, been doing art for quite a bit of time. We're not going to say your age, so <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about you. Well, actually, I was born in northern Ontario and our family moved down south when I was, I don't know, elementary school. Um, I always really loved to draw and to do and to sew and um, as we've been talking about making clothes I used to love to make my own clothes and um, after high school I went into interior design that did not work out well for me I quit and thought well if I have to do all these drawing and projects I might as well just be doing art right and so eventually after academics I went into art uh, with my husband Marcus Miller we went off to Halifax Nova Scotia we chose to go there because not because we knew anything about the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design but because we liked the portfolio um, and what they required for entrance I had always been drawing and had a portfolio um, I had been accepted into York University but uh, Marcus actually was coming newer into being an artist he didn't really have a portfolio and we were very excited by um, what they asked for like uh, project something like send something to somebody you love and somebody you hate so I sent in a fish head so it was sent through the mail this big fish head and they opened up this terribly stinky thing <laughs> in some <laughs> office in Halifax and you know so they had a variety of interesting projects that one stood out for me <laughs> um, and I think kind of represented some of the uh, some of the things NASCAD was known for so I did my undergraduate there I was in textiles mainly but crossed over into studio uh, my teacher was Naoko Furui and I really adored her <laughs> she was um, and we traveled together later to England. Um, so she, um, we were really working in a very meditative way with dyes. And um, basically, textiles is divided into two areas, surface design and fiber structures. So surface design is dyeing and printing and fiber structures is weaving and everything else that 
knitting or felting and things like that. So I focused on um, the uh, surface design at that time. And when I left my undergraduate, I moved to Toronto and I ended up having a business with five employees and we were doing um, painting, hand painting on silk. So that was very in style at that time. Marcus Miller was doing it with me. We had a big studio in Toronto and it was a very successful business. But again, once again, I thought, well, gee, if I'm doing all this, I'm why aren't I just doing art, right? So I was doing craft because I believed that art was, um, I had believed that art was quite elitist and I wanted to do things that I thought everybody could relate to and people could easily afford this hand-painted scarf. But in reality, it became for me a product like any other product. And um, people weren't thinking of, or I didn't imagine people were thinking of all the ideas behind it that were important for me. So I went back to Halifax to do my master's and there I was focusing on um, issues around labor. Um, I started using piles of used clothes, huge, huge mounds of used clothes. Initially, I was thinking about um, all the labor that was unrecognized, um, but because I'm Jewish and because of the times, people were relating to the work about being about the Holocaust. And um, so that became a very um, big thing for me. It, I mean, that was always part of the work for me, but I didn't think it was evident to anybody else but it was um, something that was actually became quite difficult to deal with. And it was the same time as the AIDS crisis. So there was a lot of um, work that artists were doing. Was this in the 80s? This would have been late 80s, early 90s, 1990, 89 to 91, 88 to 1990. So there was a lot of work in death mm -hmm. so this work was feeding into that and um i don't know if I and you transferred uh how did you make the transition from from that work to what you were, were doing after in school in your masters oh that that is the work i was doing for my masters so then when you graduated, uh, you took uh, another frontier and, and you guys uh, move again. When, we gra when I graduated, um, I was um, one of my teachers um, got a job in Montreal and she asked me if she could show some of my slides. And um, as part of her application to get a job, she got her job and they also called me to do part time teaching. So I was really fortunate and I, and I moved to Montreal to start teaching for, you know, sessionally for the first time and I was teaching in textiles. So, um, yeah, it was such a different experience being in Montreal because everybody you know is an artist, right? And the arts are so supported. So that's a really wonderful situation and I know like here people might think, oh, there's so many artists that that's too much competition, but in fact, it doesn't work that way. There's just more of everything. 
and I had I was um, I had a very good like art career there uh, in terms of always having shows, always being asked. Whenever I asked, was asked to show, I would get have articles written, and things were really flourishing for me. <laughs> I was I think I was very fortunate. You know, the more you show, the maybe the more you're asked to show because people see your work. Basically, I would be doing large, larger installations. They were kind of ephemeral often. They were put together for the exhibition, and then they were just taken apart. But at that time, nobody I knew was at commercial galleries. That wasn't important for us, as it is important for artists now. And how did you transfer from Montreal? Then you just took another journey to the west of Canada. And until you, we got you here. Mm -hmm. um, near the end of being in Montreal, I had a child, and then we needed more money. <laughs> and then, so um, we ended up moving because my husband got it, Marcus Miller got a job as a curator at the Art Gallery of Alberta. So we moved out to Alberta. Um, and I had never um, kind of guessed how different one area of the country. Um, could be for an artist because I was used to showing around Canada and had shown in Europe a tiny bit in the States but it was a very different it was a very different scenario everything I had been trained in and believed as an artist was upside down that was a big shock for me right and um, So after there, I moved to Lethbridge and taught in Lethbridge and then moved to North Battleford. And I've always, I've, right from coming to Saskatoon, I found it um, very, you know, it, I felt much more comfortable here. Um, and I don't know how different it might have been if I moved here directly from Montreal, but, you know, I went through a transition moving out west and moving to North Battleford was actually really interesting for me. I'd never been, lived somewhere so small. And even though I know people told me it's actually not that small, but so small. And um, I had a job as a Culture Days animateur when I first moved here. So I was traveling to all these different places. And I'm so glad I had an opportunity to do that before moving to Saskatoon because when you come from a big city, things are basically the institutions. People move through the institutions, but you go to an institution. But in a small place, it's all about the people. And you try to find like some, you know, some, often it was a lady, <laughs> you know, in her living room who's organizing all these things in her little town of, you know, 700 people. So it was really an amazing experience. So working uh, as an immature, how how does your work shifted or how does your practice change your personal stories, your personal narratives in your work? Did it change or did it remain the same? Did you keep uh, how many fiber artists uh, did you find in the, in the province and and how do you connect with them? Well, when with for the work as an animateur, um, we could invite another artist to work with us, and I invited Audrey Fine Day, 
Um, and we each were to have projects that we would bring out to different communities. So I was had a project of making little um, heads out of clay. And it was something actually I'd started doing with my son. And uh, basically, I was interested in doing it. And he didn't do it at all. <laughs> and um, Audrey was making children's uh, doll-sized moccasins, which she said could be scaled up and be adult moccasins. So we were traveling around giving free workshops to um, adults, maybe in libraries, friendship centers, um, kids in different community centers. We'd go anywhere that would take us. We were really active. I think we went out to more places than, than anybody else. Um, and I really enjoyed that, meeting people. And um, I've always, in my own work, um, I've worked a lot with things that represent um, materially people, lots of different people. I've worked with masses of used clothing and that had a very strong sense of, even though I didn't know where the clothes came from, I'm kind of imagining each person feeling maybe even the energy because the clothes were used of each person who had inhabited those clothes or made those clothes. And I've worked with human hair, like doing things with um, installations in galleries with thousands of pins hammered into the wall with one human hair from someone who sold their hair, I don't know who, and um, one hair on each pin, and it could be I'm doing most of it myself, or I have teams of people helping me, or students, when I showed in Mexico, students helped me. It's kind of like this giant tapestry. So I love to do things that we're working with, um, and I, I feel like really connecting with a kind of sense of humanity. So for the uh, culture days, um, it, I was trying to approach it like that. And I don't know if you want to talk about the all together now. So um, I am working on a CARFAC project with Jessica Morgan. So um, I am mentoring her. And as part of that, we decided we wanted to have a show, not in a gallery, but in an off-site um, situation. Initially, we were thinking of a house. We wanted to do something kind of everyday life and put it into a house. And in the end, um, what we found was a store, a store, uh, an old corner store that's been gutted, owned by N Emma Williams. And she's generously, she was an artist and generously is allowing us to use her building. And we approached AKA to see if they were interested in supporting this project, and they were. And we've invited some other artists, uh, Kevin Wessequiet, Petra Maller-Miller, who's in Lethbridge, and Jin C. Kui, who you know. Um, and they're artists whose, wor whose work I appreciate, but I don't know them that well other than Petra. And so it's a nice opportunity for us to kind of work together in the store to a site. And we're going to be doing that for two weeks in the middle of August with, uh, with Jessica. So she's kind of the central um, artistic figure there because she's doing it kind of as a residency. 
and her work will unfold um, over the two weeks as opposed to um, installing it at the beginning like most of us. And we're also having uh, Masqua Larat, who's going to be doing um, organizing some musicians at the opening. Um, but before that, the gallery said, okay, if you do want to do this offsite project here, we have also the gallery, right? That's empty. Would you like to use the gallery for something? And we came up with the idea of doing this community art project. Um, hearkening back, we we're thinking of to the old salons in France in the 1700s, where, um, work would be hung like from floor to ceiling, which we tried to do in this show. And it's very um, eye-catching, I think. It's like a giant collage of artwork. Mm -hmm. And also with the whole idea that it's questioning, um, I guess, kind of class in relation to art. And because with the salons, um, instead of just the aristocrats being allowed to appreciate work, um, it was opened up to the public. So it was quite a shock that people from all different walks of life could enter the galleries. And, and still today, not, you know, there's lots of people that don't feel comfortable going into art galleries. They don't feel like it's their place. And yet they might, they probably love drawing and painting when they were children. And, and have continued to draw and paint or lots of people when they retire. That's what I found in North Balford. When they retire, they take up painting and drawing. So there, it is really an important facet of people's life and really helps people enrich themselves. And um, so I think it's really um, good to also feel comfortable, like it's your world to be in a gallery and you have the right to look at work and not feel threatened by it. You have your own opinions. And um, so we want to open it up to not only, you know, the kind of group that usually shows um, in the gallery, but I approached uh, many different organizations in the city, um, starting with, um, I guess, suggestions from the Mennonite Central Committee um, and we reached out to lots of um, different um, immigration welcoming, different... Open Door Society, open Global door. Gathering Place. Uh, yeah, Newcomers. Newcomers, Information Center. International Women's Women. Association. <laughs> uh, there were 15 different yes. organizations and some of them came out of um, kind of um, different... Um, Christian groups as well and um, also we went to the French friendship centers different um, indigenous groups and uh, to Sherbrooke and Skyap and the high schools so and it went through the library too so we tried to open it up as much as we could and um, we so many people handed in work it was quite remarkable and we had we have in the show like about 250 pieces we couldn't actually fit them all in but uh, we promised everybody that they would have be represented by at least one work 
And the opening was so full, apparently people were lined up on the sidewalk to get into the gallery, which was, and there was so, so much positive energy and excitement. And it's um, wonderful to meet a lot of new people. So at the opening, I was going around to people and just stopping them and asking them to show me their works, you know, and that was really wonderful. So uh, how do you put up uh, in a gallery uh, a show like this, uh, 250 pieces in one show? That's <laughs> remarkable. And and again your relationship with the work and the artist was uh, in a way removed but conscious that you wanted to be inclusive how did that uh, how how did how did that relationship with the work and the artist happen because they were two sort of curators and organizers how did that happen Um, well, I bec I was the one who was going out, like first, I don't know if this is what you're asking, but first I was writing people mm -hmm. at the organizations and asking them if they would be interested in something like that, this, and do they have artists? And they'd say, yes, we have a lot of artists who might be interested. Um, Or they might say, we don't have that many artists here, but we know another organization that does. And, you know, it would be good for you to contact them. And so I first got their interest. And then um, once we had drawn up the official information, I sent it to them. Then we made posters and invitations. I brought it to them to put out so they could put it out on their counters when people came and really stayed in touch with people and um it, and in some cases you know i told them if you if people can't um for whatever reason bring it to us if you collect it i'll even come and get it right um that didn't actually happen i didn't need to go and get anyone's work they in some cases like sherbrooke i, I believe it's called assisted living um alana moore brought down over 30, 34 pieces that were all framed, representing uh, the different programs they have with um, groups through Sherbrooke. Um, and Skyat brought down, um, their artists came down too. We have lots of work from them. And uh, Jordan Schwab organized that. And, um, Even the very last day, um, um, someone from who works, a uh, cultural worker who works with the penitentiaries, she brought some work down um, and the show was about to open in like two hours, but we found like a little space <laughs> above a doorway because it was so full of work. And we put that up. It seemed really important to me to do that. Um, And Derek um, Sandbeck, at, who works at the gallery as a technician, he was very fast at putting up work and I helped and, and Jessica helped and Louise Brock helped and Terry Billings and D'Lo. So we got volunteers to come and help. And um, I think the most difficult part was keeping track of <laughs> the work and, and everything. And also it really affected my dreams all week long 
for and a few days after the show opened my dreams really changed and i think it was just from dealing with all that artwork from all those people my it just filled my dreams it's 250 pieces of work uh, installed in a gallery and uh, that's it's innovative it hasn't happened in that gallery i don't think ever since i've been here 16 years i never seen anything like that it it was quite uh, remarkable and, and the night wasn't people were enthusiastic there was a lot of uh, people commenting i went to the opening and people were commenting how great it is and how inclusive it is so i think this was quite a successful project that you have with the community it was very inclusive and thank you for doing that in behalf of the community and it's it's projects like this are important to happen because it uh, stimulates people that there's a, an opportunity there's a, a a way for them to just move forward their dreams of becoming an artist absolutely thank you very much it was really important for me and it was very important for us that we it wasn't juried and um, that we didn't have any theme. That was, that was a question people kept questioning us, why we didn't have a theme, but we wanted it to not be our theme for people to try to make what we want, but they could bring in whatever it was that they were proud of, and that's what people did. Do you feel that af after this, there's gonna be more interest in, in, in doing projects like this for you? Um, I think so. I've been doing um, things at Nuit Blanche, for instance. Um, well, I did something at Nuit Blanche here last year, which was more of a performance. But I also did a very open thing at Museum London in Ontario the year before with clothing, which was completely open to all the public participating. And uh, basically we were working with a huge pile of clothes and sorting them according to country and marking it on a map. And everybody from, you know, a littlest kid that could pick up an article of clothing could bring it to their, an adult and say, what does that say? And, you know, so that's really, um, I think a, a lot of people are more interested in working that way. For me, it's important to work all different ways. I also really love doing studio work. I have a quite quiet meditative studio practice um, based in textiles. Right now I'm working with cowhides. Um, and I think it's really good to be able to work in different ways according to different situations. I'm going to Vienna in the summer and I'm doing a project on the street. Um, it's called six million stitches um and it's in relation to the six million jews that were killed in the holocaust during world war ii and there i'm planning to do sixty-five thousand stitches onto um the star like the yellow stars that jews had to wear as identity markers um so it's the first time i'm doing well I guess I've done one other stitching project, which was a mending booth I did in the Eaton Center in Toronto. Um, but, you know, it's good. I think it's good to be able to move and do different things. Yeah, well, with that, uh, anything else that you quickly want to close, uh, any closing remarks for, for, for our audience uh, before we close the program? 
Well, I hope you um, have a chance to go down to AKA and to see the show. Um, at the back of the gallery, there's a list of all the artists um, on a piece of paper. Um, that there's actually three or four pieces of paper because there's so many artists that you can carry around and you know just check out um, if you see something that you're particularly interested in um, you can check out their names on a list another thing that we didn't talk about at the show was um, usually at an artist run center things are not for sale but to open it up to the public there um, people were interested in selling their work so if there is something that you see that you want to buy you, um, there is not a sale price on anything, but if you tell the gallery, we will pass your name to the artist and so they can contact you and maybe there'll be some exchanges that way as well, which would make people very happy too. Well, thank you, Mindy. Uh, and with that, we conclude our interview and it was a pleasure to have you here. It was so nice talking to you, Alejandro. Well, thank you. You are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. This was on Frame Radio. This is your host, Alejandro. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or listen to past episodes on iTunes. Have a great evening. <laughs>